excited about this film because it's, it's a film I love as well. Believe it or not, it's the 30th anniversary of the film. Wow. Uh, it was released uh, It was released over several times because it did a lot of film festivals and was released in Los Angeles and New York. But basically, its wide release was October 23rd, 1992. Of course, it was directed by Quentin Tarantino, also written by Tarantino. In fact, he uh, uh, wrote the first draft in just three and a half weeks. Uh, the film stars Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, uh, Steve Buscemi. Uh, the film was filmed in 35 days, very low budget. Um, the, 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 the film actually doesn't have any female speaking parts, which is kind of a, a unique uh, uh, factor of it. Uh, it was inspired by a, a number of cult films, but uh, uh, namely Steve, uh, Stanley Kubrick's 1956 film, The Killing. So if anyone's familiar with that film, or you can go seek it out. It won a lot of critics and festival awards, but no, not, no Oscar nominations. Uh, it was certainly, as you mentioned, was one of the key films of the independent cinema movement that really uh, burgeoned in the 90s. In fact, it was voted the most independent or the best independent film uh, by Empire Magazine and one of the uh, most influential films of that decade by the same magazine. And, and another magazine actually voted it the second greatest directorial debut of all time behind Citizen Kane. So that's a pretty lofty uh, uh, kudos to that film. Um, one of my uh, favorite facts about the film is that the, the characters are all named after colors, Mr. Pink, <laughs> Mr. Blonde, Mr. Orange, Mr. White, and so on. That was actually a nod to the great um, kind of forgotten film from 1974, The Taking of Pelham 123, mm. where all of those characters were named Mr. Brown, Mr. Blue, Mr. Gray. Uh, so that's a, a fun connection there. The budget was so small on this film. Uh, in fact, Tarantino was originally armed with about $30,000 and was all set to make the film with just a bunch of friends when uh, Harvey Keitel got involved, and he helped raise the budget to uh, $1.5 million, which is still very small. I mean, uh, that's a lot of money to us, but from, from a movie-making standpoint, it's a small budget. In fact, uh, Tarantino was uh, partially financing this film originally with an acting fee that he received for, uh, I guess, a now infamous appearance as an Elvis impersonator on an episode of The Golden Girls. <laughs> so that's something you can certainly seek out. Uh, talking about low budgets, the budget was so low, the actors had to bring their own clothing as wardrobe. So Chris Penn's track jacket that he wears in the film is his own. The signature black suits that we, we all know uh, that the characters wore uh, were actually provided free by the designer. Um, Michael Madsen's uh, Cadillac Coupe de Ville, Mr. Blonde, uh, that was his own car, again, because the budget wasn't big enough to get a car for them. Uh, so the budget was very small on the film. Joe Fortunato with us. Reservoir Dogs, today's film school movie. So the casting, as you mentioned, is pretty deep. And Tarantino is also in the movie. Well, he was originally going to play Mr. Pink, um, and he let the actors sort of know that that's what he was going to do. But when Steve Buscemi uh, came in and read for it, uh, he told him, hey, I want this role for myself. Uh, but Buscemi knocked the, the uh, audition out of the park, and so he got the role. Um, the uh, other, Some of the other um, casting might have been... Uh, he wanted Tarantino wanted James Woods to play a role in the film, and he actually made him several cash offers, 
but Wood's agent refused them without even mentioning it to Wood uh, because the offers were so low. Later on, uh, Woods found out about this, uh, learned that he was offered and, and was annoyed enough that he fired his agent. <laughs> um, George Clooney read for a role uh, in the in the film. So did David Duchovny. Um, Samuel L. Jackson also read for the role. Of course, Samuel L. Jackson would later work with Tarantino. Um, Christopher Walken, I think mentioned, uh, I mentioned, uh, uh, was uh, was considered for a role. He actually refused one. Dennis Hopper was offered the role of Mr. Pink, uh, but he was unavailable. So there's some fun names uh, of what might have been that uh, never came up. Joe, Another kind of fun. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I thought you were finished. Go ahead. Another fun thing that um, Sam, uh, Tarantino has admitted that Mr. Blonde's name, Michael Madsen's character, his real name in the film is Vic Vega. Now, that's the same last name as Vince Vega, uh, John Travolta's character in Pulp Fiction. Mm. So he's sort of acknowledged that Vic and Vince are brothers, uh, which sort of makes this the same universe. Um, how that works for some of the other actors that played roles in Pulp Fiction, I'm not so sure, but uh, at least by one account, it's the same universe. And to kind of add to that, one of the radio ads, because uh, fans of the film know that uh, uh, they would listen to K-Billy's radio uh, on that was kind of a constant soundtrack of the film, uh, one of the radio ads heard in the background is for Jack Rabbit Slims, which is the same restaurant uh, that they also went to in Pulp Fiction, uh, mm. the home of the $5 milkshake. So uh, <laughs> technically it's the same universe. Joe, let me ask you this. How big was this movie in propelling Quentin Tarantino's career? Because shortly after this, we get the Pulp Fiction, and then it kind of rolls a little bit. How big was this film in his career? It was huge. I mean, it, it, like I said, it really put him on the map. Um, he was famously <laughs> working as a uh, a video store clerk before this, and um, which is one of the reasons uh, he got so much of his uh, archaic film knowledge. Uh, the film itself didn't do that great box office wise, but it certainly put him on the creative map. And uh, of course, it, then it was Pulp Fiction that really spurred spurred things uh, beyond that. And we'll talk about that another day. But um, the, uh, another couple of facts before we run out of time here. Uh, the movie doesn't have an orchestral score. All the music that you hear are recorded tracks, songs, essentially. Mm. Um, in fact, the entire soundtrack budget was spent on securing the now famous scene with uh, Stuck in the Middle with You by Steeler's Wheel. And Tarantino said, you know, I'm content that we'll have no other music in the film as long as he can use that song. Uh, thankfully, the producers were able to secure some uh, soundtrack deals to get a lot of other songs. Um, the other song that was considered for that torture scene where uh, Mr. Blonde is torturing the cop um, was Ballroom Blitz by The Sweet. So <laughs> if you could picture that in your in your head, that might have been the alternate song for the ear scene, but it ended up being stuck in the middle with you. And, and in fact, speaking of that ear scene, um, it's such a, <laughs> a graphic torture scene. But Mr. Blonde, uh, Michael Madsen, the actor, uh, was uh, very uncomfortable doing that because he's not—he was uh, uh, sort of against violence just as a person, and uh, that was really hard for him to do. And yet, he's so convincing.